This is an Area Code podcast. Yeah. So I grew up I'm in recording Central. now, just so you know. Okay. I grew up in Central Illinois, so I spent a lot of time in Chicago. Oh, nice. That's cool. I uh, did not grow up anywhere near here, so uh, I just want to go home. Hi, I'm Richard Clark. And I'm Bethany Perkins. We can't stop talking about the Enneagram. So we decided to start a podcast where we get it all out of our system. We're not experts. We're just obsessed. It's no chill Enneagram. A safe space for Enneagram fanatics. And a pretty great idea for a podcast. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to No Chill Enneagram. I'm here as usual with Bethany Perkins. Bethany, welcome to Thank your you. podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you today, Bethany. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be here. Um, what, what, um, wh- what's next for you? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so today we have uh, a guest we're really excited about, Drew Moser. <laughs> I almost screwed it up. Uh, Moser was... is different. So Drew, you're, you works. said you're a regular <laughs> listener to the podcast. Did you come like anticipating whether or not I was going to screw up your name? I was did that... not. That wasn't even a thought. Okay, well, I feel like oh, you don't really listen to good. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise I do. Um, so, Drew Mosier is a, an Enneagram 3. That's the most important thing to know here. And um, the second most important thing to know is that he wrote a book called Enneagram of Discernment, which is out now? Out no, now. It, it comes out August 4th. Got it. Bethany yeah. has a copy of the book. I do not because I don't answer my emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot to do that. He, uh, Drew, you also have a podcast called Fathoms. Tell us, a, like, like because this is a podcast and that means yeah. that people who listen to this podcast are likely to generally listen to podcasts unless they're breaking some sort of law of physics. Um, <laughs> unless they're like my mom. Does she, she listen listens, to? But well, she listens to the podcast. Clearly, she listens to this, but she doesn't listen to other podcasts. I don't think. Well, maybe she does now. But she listens to podcasts. So, <laughs> if I she's guess. listening to this right now, she knows how to right. listen to Fathoms, an Enneagram yes. podcast. <laughs> yes. So, this is um, true. so tell us about what Fathoms is. Yeah. So Fathoms, it's a podcast. Uh, that I co-host along with two Seths, Seth Creekmore and Seth Abram. And it's uh, our tagline is uh, navigating the depths of the Enneagram one fathom at a time. So what wow. we're trying to do is dig into some of the depths of the Enneagram mm-hmm. and maybe do a little different take on an Enneagram podcast and dig into some topics a little bit more deeply than maybe uh, some of the other ones out there. So it sounds a yeah. lot like our podcast, to be honest. It's well, we, super we've, deep, <laughs> super our, our first name was just Chill Enneagram. Chill Enneagram. <laughs> yeah, we would have sued you if you did. Right. That. I, was, I was worried about your lawyers. I am yeah. just thinking right now, Chill Enneagram is a pretty great idea for a podcast. <laughs> a pretty great idea. Well, ours is a pretty great idea for a podcast. 
Well, we're, we're going to talk a lot about some of the things that come up in your book, questions okay. of like discernment and vocation and stuff like that. But for now, we want to ask you a question that I think is really important um, these days. And it's this one. How bad has it gotten? How bad has it gotten? Drew, this is when we ask people, how bad has your obsession with the Enneagram gotten at this stage? Man, you know, uh, I think that's fairly evident. I, you know, I wrote a book and I have a podcast, which means that (laughs) pretty much all of my free time is spent on Enneagram related stuff. Um, You're working on developing a video game about. Yeah. Oh (laughs) Oh, gosh. That would be something. Uh, I might play it though. I I don't know that I could develop it, but I might play it. They made the board game. They might as well make a video game. Yeah. No, it's pretty bad. So I, to the point where I've really, I check myself in social settings because I'm kind of known as the Enneagram guy in my mm-hmm. social circles. So I intentionally try not to talk about it yeah. until mm-hmm. others bring it up because mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy, right? Yeah. That, that uh, that's all I can talk about, but inevitably most late nights around a fire or something. And we end yeah. up talking about the Enneagram. That's just, it seems inevitable. Totally. Yeah. Yes. I think Bethany and I are, are very used to that. The, you're, you're through the Rubicon of like, all right, I'm not going to do it anymore. But that takes a <laughs> sheer force of will to actually That's right. <laughs> Yeah. And so it, what's really hard is when I hear people talk about it, but talk about it, in my opinion, poorly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or they get something wrong. Like when they say I'm a two wing seven or something yeah. like that. Uh, no, that that's just, uh, I, that's when I just kind of start to rock in my seat and, you know, drum my fingers on my knees and, and try to pretend I'm somewhere else. But I was with some friends the other day and it came up and the guy who hadn't heard of it said, Oh man, like a chicken wing. <laughs> Oh my no. gosh. And I just said, anyway, let's talk about no, no, no. different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that kind of that yeah, the jokes are the probably the worst part of of yes. being an Enneagram fanatic, I would say. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you hear the same ones over and over again. Yep. Yeah. Bethany, do you have uh, an example of how bad it has it gotten? Mine was the chicken wing situation. I mean, I don't, I just don't have the restraint to like not correct people when <laughs> they say something wrong like that. Yeah. You know? It's that like one if wing. Was like, it is the one wing. Yeah. If someone was like, I'm a two wing seven, I would be like, well, actually, that's impossible. <laughs> and that's not how wings work. So you can't be that. You can't. It, and my possible. restraint rate on that is not perfect. So yeah, please, yeah. please hear me. Yeah. I'm, You're, I've done my fair share of, of correcting, but I'm trying yeah. to at least pause a little bit. Yeah. That's cool. Thanks for sharing that. We want to talk to everyone this season about what it's like being in stress in their number. And so we haven't had a three on yet. And so you're the three, uh, what is a three like in stress? Yeah. Well, I've known some threes <laughs> in stress um, and they're interesting. So I want to see if it aligns with my experience, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, 
I think threes have an interesting relationship with stress. Uh, they, I think they thrive on it to a point. And then, uh, and then that law of diminishing returns kicks in and they go down quickly. So, so I think, uh, we're, you know, we, we threes, we're used to saying yes to a lot and having just a lot going on and being productive and, uh, always working towards goals and achieving things. And that, that just carries a lot of stress with it. So some of it's good, some of it's just not. And we're, uh, what often happens, what's too often happened in my own life is I've just kind of plowed through those warning signs, uh, yeah. not listen to my body, um, not realize that I'm getting irritable, <laughs> you know, because I've got all these things I want to get done mm-hmm. until I crash. And then, so if we, you know, look at the lines on the Enneagram, the, the three goes to nine in stress and, yeah. and looks like a really unhealthy nine. Huh. What that looks like for me is then all my energy seems to just drain out of me immediately. Yeah. And I, I just become pretty lethargic. I will maybe, uh, narcotize whether that's binge watching shows or eating my feelings, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, probably is not good or healthy for me. Um, I'm more likely to do. And, you know, normally in, in my daily life, I'm pretty decisive, even if it's the wrong decision or if I'm just winging it, I, I can be really decisive and, and confident in those decisions and all that goes away uh, when I'm really stressed. I become indecisive and, you know, kind of struggle to get going and uh, right. it, it's a bleak existence. Yeah. At that point. Uh, do you ever feel like you go to like the, like the positive side of nine? We've had a number of people talk about when they go to stress, like, uh, a lot of times like that, that stress number actually helps them quite a bit. Oh, certainly. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen that. And, uh, actually I do believe that, you know, both, uh, points that you're connected to on the Enneagram, you can go to the high side or the low side. And so um, I'm, I'm learning, and this is a more recent kind of discovery for me, but I'm learning more of what it looks like to perhaps lean into that healthy nine yeah. that I have access to. And uh, when I am able to do that, I definitely become uh, more uh, at peace in my environment, not so maybe fidgety or hmm. um, maybe frustrated by maybe what isn't going on around me or what I think should be going on around me. Um, I, I think my vantage kind of opens up. I'm able to see things, uh, maybe more with like a wide angle lens, like nines are really good at doing as mm. opposed to kind of my mm-hmm. laser focus on what I want to get done. Yeah. And, uh, I think I'm just able to, uh, be part of the group in, in a, in a more, uh, healthier and relaxed way. Yeah. It seems like all of a sudden contentment is a factor you know, yeah, right. Which is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Cause it, uh, as a three contentment can feel suspicious, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, wait a second, I should be working towards something else, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's really hard for a three to just be, it's certainly hard for a three to accomplish something and then actually take the time to savor and celebrate it because mm-hmm. so often we're ready to move on. Okay. What's next? Um, but to be content with what is, is 
it's a challenge, but it's, it's a challenge worth pursuing and leaning into. Do you have strategies for like being, um, kind of finding joy in your accomplishments, being content, those kinds of things? Yeah. So, um, in the book I talk about, um, and this for every type, but, uh, like a posture of time, like how to relate yeah. to time for each type. Yeah. And so for the three, uh, you know, we can be so forward thinking, always looking ahead that we really struggle to stop and look back. So, um, I really encourage threes to practice, uh, things that delay or slow us down intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can even mean that we have to force ourselves to not move on to the next thing on the to-do list and just sit with this accomplishment for a little while. Yeah. Hmm. Um, now the challenge there is that I think we're often afraid that when we sit with that accomplishment for a while, we'll maybe see it's insufficiency, you know, that it really didn't get, oh, yeah. uh, it really didn't get us what we wanted. And um, can I just say, if you're a four wing three, that is a guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's oh, a complicated sad. mix right there. For sure. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. It totally is. <laughs> yeah. Cause it seems ho- you know, more hollow than it should be, um, mm-hmm. or than you hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. And this is the perpetual cycle. But if we're willing to slow down, and, uh, and just celebrate it for what it is. Then, uh, you know, I think over time, if we do that enough, we realize that these accomplishments don't really define us as threes yeah. and, uh, we can pursue achievement and, and accomplishment from probably healthier places for better reasons. Right. As opposed to just trying to, you know, manifest value and worth at every turn because we're afraid we, mm-hmm. we aren't inherently valuable or worthy. That's the yeah. struggle. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good. Well, um, we're about to be able to put into practice some of these ideas because the name of we're, we're all going to be in stress in a minute is what, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, boy. Because the, the name of our next segment is called um, We Need to Talk About Chris Hewart's. <laughs> okay. Is there that- probably, I feel like we should say really quick. There might be people who don't know what we're talking about. Um, Yeah, that's possible. So we should just say like 33 plus people have come out and said that Chris Hewitt's, who is an Enneagram expert uh, and and a big deal in this in Mm -hmm. our world, I guess, has um, been uh, have accused him of emotional abuse, certainly. I believe a Mm -hmm. few instances of sexual um, harassment um, Mm -hmm. and then probably some other stuff. But like it's like that's enough. You know, there's apparently a pattern there and um, there's a lot of details we won't go into. But basically, uh, for a lack of a better way of saying this right now, uh, he kind of got canceled by the entire uh, Enneagram community. It appeared and, and people associated with him. Brene pulled his episode Brene Brown pulled his episode pretty quickly Mm -hmm. uh there were I guess some statements from a few other people um yeah so that's what happened so we do we do want to go there we we don't want to be insensitive we don't want to trivialize what has happened so I'm just stating out front this is probably not going to be a very funny 
segment. No, I'm um, only laughing because I feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And sure. and to be clear, <laughs> it will be somewhat funny because I'm a four and I like to make dark jokes, but I might have to yeah. edit some of them out. And I, I, do, I do want to be clear that like we want to be thoughtful about the way that we address this stuff. Yeah. But we, yeah. we thought it would be really important for a lot of different reasons to process this. And um, I guess I'll speak first for like Bethany and I. And Bethany, you should chime in here too. But like, we have a little bit of a history with Chris. I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, but he he was sort of the first big Enneagram expert that came on our show, I believe. I think he's the only one who came on twice. Maybe the only guest mm -hmm. we've had on twice. Um, and so deleting his um, episodes was a surreal moment. Um, we've 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 been processing it. It's just. Mm -hmm. It's just like a weird thing that we uh, we feel a lot of conflicting emotions about. Bethany, yeah. any yeah. thoughts? Uh oh, so many. Which, <laughs> which I mean, I guess about choose? that, about the like context for us, and then I want I want to sort of talk about like Drew, what your experience has been. I know you had a pretty sure. unique experience with him as well, yeah. especially towards the end of this. Mm -hmm. uh, talk yeah, a little I bit mean, about I that. Oh, sorry, I Bethany. Guess, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, I am in a way thankful that we didn't have more interaction with him than that, I guess, in light of everything that's come out. And so we've, we fared pretty well compared to others as far as our experiences with him. And, yeah. and our losses are pretty negligible compared to what other people have lost and have suffered because of him so right I, th I think we were both like very frustrated about the situation not necessarily yes. like its impact on us for sure I think we were frustrated right. for other people and yeah it just was that feeling you have when like someone seems cool and then all of a sudden you realize like maybe there's more to the story <laughs> you know yeah yeah it just makes you feel like can't trust anyone <laughs> i very much expressed that on my twitter so in a harsh way mm. but you know <laughs> yeah so drew uh tell us a little bit about your context going into this sure sure well you know i've known chris for a little while now um not super well but i did uh you know commit some of my enneagram studies uh, to him. I did some mm. individual sessions with Chris, um, over Skype cause I'm in Indiana and he's in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, and had met him in person at a workshop and, um, and, and so he had, you know, it just been helpful to me as I sought to kind of find my way in publishing this book and some of those things to the point where I asked him to write the forward to the book. Mm. And so he did. Um, and then, uh, you know, all of this broke, all this news broke, um, you know, as, as of recording this a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, literally the day after I shipped out advanced copies of the book with his forward in it <laughs> to in these amazing boxes, uh, you know, that I put all this kind of cool stuff in and sent, uh. sent them out to people that I wanted to have it. And so there's, you know, a flood of emotions on my end from yep. shock to how could this be happening to 
this this is just terrible on its own, of course, mm-hmm. um, right. to wait a second, what do I do about the book? I just didn't feel that there was any way, even though it literally was the day that this thing released, that I could uh, just allow those books to reach the mailboxes of all these people. I mean, we're talking dozens of people. Um, so mm. I had to reach out to them and say, hey, that really cool box that I'm shipping <laughs> to you, uh, <laughs> pretend that doesn't exist for a little while. Huh. Until we figure out what to do, I had to make a decision pretty quickly, which um, and it wasn't a difficult decision in terms of what we needed to do, uh, which was to pull the forward from the book. So we did that, which then bumped the timeline back six weeks, which is why it's now releasing August fourth. But yeah. you know, this thing is far more important than a book launch. You know that, right? Because these allegations are really serious and troubling and and concerning and, and and the volume of people that put this together who uh you know so often um have a lot to lose and not a whole lot to gain by this type of yeah. you know coming out like this that just uh, it just makes it so heartbreaking i think is is where i'm at now that i got through all the details of okay what do we do with the book uh, now that's what I'm kind of working through. Is just it's, you're like it's finally a, ever able to to grieve a little bit. Yeah, certainly yeah. grieve because it's just it's heartbreaking and it's yeah. um, it's devastating for those that are directly involved and impacted. It's mm-hmm. um, it certainly feels like a reckoning of sorts in the Enneagram community. <laughs> um, yeah, because Chris was a towering figure in the Enneagram community. Um, so it, it's, it's been tough for sure. Yeah. I think, I think that is the thing I am thinking about a lot. You're talking about a person who said a lot of things, um, about being a, like a, a, a person. <laughs> like, I don't know how to put this better than like, <laughs> he was telling us how to be a compassionate, caring understanding empathetic person yeah and you find that i don't i mean i don't know what's an act and what isn't but it is hard to reckon with like the people it it is possible that the people you learn i mean it is possible that the people you learn about this stuff from are um severely bad at it um Mm -hmm. you know sure yeah um, and, and that's, it's hard to reconcile, I think. And, the, and yeah. there's it just, there's cognitive dissonance between, um, what we've experienced, what many of us have experienced, um, in, you know, Chris's teaching and work and what, uh, what was kind of re- released in the medium post. And, yeah. uh, I don't know that our brains are wired to be able to reconcile that, <laughs> you know, I yeah. think yeah. right, right. that's. That's just tough, especially if we're not kind of uh, directly involved with the events that happened. It's just it's going to continue to be a disorienting experience, you know, try to trying to make sense of that. Uh, But that's why I think you do you do see that, you know, some people are legitimately furious about this. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but also too felt furious and I wasn't that that involved, you know? So yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah. And so in it, it's, I try to replay in my own interactions with Chris and he was always, you know, kind and supportive to me, but that doesn't mean that my experiences should be normalized, you know? Um, mm-hmm. 
because I clearly didn't have the same experience that others did with him. And that yeah, doesn't that, dis- that. discredit their experiences with him. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is interesting dealing with that experience gap, right? Like it is, yeah. um, it is, it is like a, a hard thing. Um, I don't know how you guys felt. Um, I'm just being totally honest here. Like I, maybe because of my forebrain, like I care very much about what people think. Um, but I, in a very specific, like relational way, and I spent way too much time thinking, is he going to be mad at me? You know what I mean? Sure. Like for deleting his stuff for going along with the oh. outcry. Like I, I feel like Bethany huh. didn't have that moment. <laughs> it felt Not like Bethany all. just switched into anger and frustration. Um, I was mad at a lot of things. I was definitely mad at him, but I also thought a lot of, I didn't let myself go down like the road of caring all that much, but I definitely did. <laughs> like I definitely well, I did mean- care. Like, about hurting his feelings because I never want to hurt someone's feelings. Of course. Yeah. That is weird to me. Like it did. It, it entered my mind for a second. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. like, cause especially when I tweeted what I (laughs) tweeted, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, he follows me on Twitter. And I was like, I don't think he's, I doubt if he's on social media, I wouldn't be if I were in the situation and right. position that he's in. I wouldn't want to see what everyone was saying. But I was like, yeah, it crossed my mind. I was like, he, he might see what I say sure. about him. Um, and and I wasn't like, I wasn't, I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, it's like when you're, what you are doing is you're looking to see I mean, I would think what you're looking to see is who do is anyone in my corner, and I don't want to spend too much time like empathizing sure. with him <laughs> right now. But like that was where my brain was at, at for a minute was like uh, he's gonna see that yes he he has lost pretty much every supporter. Um, you oh know, yeah, yeah, that he has as he should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I yeah. wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I will say going back to some of, I I don't know what Drew was saying, but as, as far as how we process it, I think, and because we have had experiences with him and we have interacted with him, um, I think best case scenario, he has enormous blind spots, you know, that's the best way of framing it. Worst case scenario, he knows exactly what he's been doing i'll tell you the moment that i uh switched into being furious was when and and drew i'm interested on your take on this because i assume you read his books but i think you read his books Mm -hmm. i didn't i think i read one of his books um i just remember reading his apology and him saying something like uh I've documented all books, this stuff. I've put, if yeah, you read my books, you, you know, know that I've been open about this. And I was like, I, okay, but like, still no. it's a pattern. That was kind of my, my initial thought. And then Brene Brown <laughs> put out yeah. this kind of amazingly short 
statement that felt a little bit like she was just like so mad she couldn't write anymore. And it included <laughs> yeah, like a very unequivocal. No, it's not in the books. Like I read the books and it's not in the book. And I yeah. thought, wow, classic eight manipulation, like really bad. Like, nar- I don't know. I shouldn't say eight manipulation because that's a whole other thing where people are going like, yeah, it's easy to project numbers onto this situation. Yeah, it's just, really not just about narcissistic, that. though. It's that's- narcissistic manipulation yeah. is what it is. It made yeah. me so mad. And that was when I stopped caring, I think, yeah. you know, about about his uh, feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and this is where I think the idea of reconciliation uh, is complex, right? Because mm-hmm. um, reconciliation really requires uh, some form of mutuality among those who are in conflict or in pain or hurt. And yeah. and that and that's what seems to be missing, you know, with mm-hmm. this is that um is that there there clearly are a number of people who don't feel that reconciliation has occurred in, right. in any yeah. sort of um tangible way. And and I think that's that's the real heartbreaking part of this is that um you know, that clearly people have been carrying some difficult pain for a while. Yeah. And, um, and so my, my greatest hope, uh, it rarely ends up like this, you know, but my greatest hope is that, that there would be an opportunity for some closure, some, some reconciliation, Mm -hmm. um, and some restoration, whatever that looks like, which will include consequences. No doubt it already has. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, but whatever can be restored, my hope is, is that it, it will be, um, uh, f- certainly for those who, uh, wrote the medium post and are clearly yeah. still, you know, suffering and concerned yeah. Yeah. and, um, we're, we're seriously hurt. Um, so I, I think that that's, uh, that's so critical moving forward. Totally. Well, um, Yeah. I appreciate you being willing to talk about this, Drew. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your insight. Yeah, Anybody sure. Anybody else have anything to add? No. No. I'm just sorry for everyone who was hurt by him. I'm like yeah. really broken for all of those people. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well transition (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna transition into we're gonna lighten the mood a little bit here we go so our next segment is called um hey we need some help with discernment drew Mosier. (laughs) we need your help (laughs) so bethany and i both have some really important decisions to make and and we have written them down and we've decided to seek out your help and because you're an expert on uh, discernment and the Enneagram, we thought you could just help us make those decisions uh, okay. immediately. It's almost like we're nines, but um, <laughs> but we're not. <laughs> um, yeah. Bethany, do you want to go first? You can go first. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. So sometimes I can't decide whether I want 
to play a video game or read. <laughs> That's a tough like, one, Richard. That's it's hard because one. like, I feel like maybe I'm too tired to play a video game, but if I read, I'll fall asleep. Yeah. You know? Well, okay. Help me discern so, the right yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, so what's the video game? Oh, I have a lot of different <laughs> ones. Like I, here's the problem I have is that I, I prop, I'm not even exaggerating. I probably spend more time like internet shopping for video games than playing them. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I'm addicted to like internet sales. I get notifications on Twitter when like there's a new in- Switch game on sale, like okay. literally every okay. time. And so I'm constantly like looking at Metacritic scores and thinking about, and I have that thing, that four thing where I'm constantly trying to buy things to fill that something that's missing in my life. Mm, sure, sure. Relatable. I cannot, I cannot get, yeah, I can't stop. And that is, I don't know, there's something, <laughs> there's something nice about um, a novel, I will say. Now I'm just like answering my own question, but like. <laughs> See what I did there's, there? <laughs> <laughs> there's something nice about a novel because um, there's no moment at which you get stuck and stop playing and go, I need something else. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So even the dumbest novels that I hate the most, I usually finish. And that means there's a long period of time where I'm not looking for something else. So I do sure, sure. look at Amazon sales literally every day on Kindle sales <laughs> and like, I have a real problem when it comes to like just looking for crap to buy. Right, okay, okay. So uh, one of my favorite Enneagram teachers, her name is Leslie Hirschberger. And mm-hmm. she has said about type fours that they often see the best of what's missing and the huh. worst of what's here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is a, which is really terrible, right? I mean, it's just hard. Um, it is, yeah. And and so then it, it makes it hard for force to make decisions, even in you know small ones or big ones. Um, yep. And because uh, there's that kind of ever present longing that's always there, that question: Will it get fulfilled or not? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, uh, do both. I <laughs> at the same time. At the same time. Audiobook. While playing video games. There you go. Oh, that is smart. (laughs) When you, Richard, when you went on that long monologue about (laughs) um, (laughs) shopping for video games, Uh my only thought was definitely read a book. Like, this is the clear answer. Just read a book. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a big fan of books. Obviously, I'll defer to books. However... Um, I love a I, sentence that starts, I love books, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you need. Uh, I do wonder if there's some latent guilt for playing video, choosing a video game over a book. Oh, I don't have that. No, okay. that's not me. Good, that's good. definitely not. I've, my whole life has been building up a wall around that guilt and okay. it out. Of <laughs> good, good. Yeah, um, I do think it it's may good. be more like that, like a reality that book. Like, the, I, don't, I don't know it. Yeah, it might be the opposite, weirdly. Like, <laughs> I, I have a vendetta against books that I've built up over time. I wow. see. Because some of That's my extreme. best friends read books, and 
Um, well, not of my best friends. Some of my least favorite people read books. And, <laughs> wow. and so I don't I, like people can be really annoying talking about books. You know what I mean? You know, Richard, you should read Wendell Berry. <laughs> if anything, I feel like you're setting him up. No, no. It's a he running joke. Wendell okay. Yeah. I hate yeah. I think again, I remember this from previous him, episodes. Yeah. Yeah, again, yeah. I do not hate Wendell Berry. Well, and Wendell Berry would say books because Wendell Berry wouldn't have a way to plug in like an Xbox One in his house, right. probably. And that is why no one should read Wendell I can't Berry. read someone who lives like that. Yep. I just can't. Yeah. It's just I can't relate. So Except Jesus <laughs> and Paul. They were pretty Except, good writers. Right. And like, they kind of lived like that. To the be- Bible, but <laughs> yeah. So, well, all right, Bethany, what's your? Okay. We answered it. I um, think I gotta read books and you video gotta games. Read books and video time. games. Wow. Uh, okay, so here's this is a real decision that I've been having a lot of trouble okay. making, just like mine, just like yours. Um, mm-hmm. So I have been invited to a wedding. It's taking place in July in Washington State. They're not okay. having great COVID-19 numbers right now. <laughs> what does that um, mean? They're kind of high. I mean, maybe not. But all my all my friends on social media who live there are like, oh, my gosh, people, you need to wear masks. What's yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and it's but it's an outdoor wedding. And on the one hand. And this is also, I feel awkward talking about this because the people who invited me might be listening to this episode. Hey, guys. Okay. Hey, guys. Thanks for inviting me to your wedding, but I'm scared of coronavirus, and so I can't <laughs> decide. Yeah. Oh, this is hard. Uh, how many hard? people will be there? I don't know. I haven't asked. That feels important. I don't, I don't want to just like start interrogating them, like how many people are going to be there. Sure. What precautions are you taking? Yeah. Yeah, that uh, it's a tough one. And this is what discernment, I think, is best used for, these complex decisions mm-hmm. that, are, that are not necessarily simple choices, but they're multifaceted and there's not yeah. a real clear, like, right or wrong answer here. There and isn't. So you, yeah, you just have to make your kind of best educated guess. Um, so what I do in the book is I actually have nine questions, which maybe that's exhausting for for this uh, format here, but nine questions that I ask people to kind of consider when they're faced with a decision that's complex. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And and so the, you know, really the first three are who am I? So remembering who you are and then how does that inform this decision? Hmm. A sense of identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh gosh well then i'm going <laughs> well, well there's eight more can questions can, so hang on can we okay. do, i have a question can we do this lightning round style where bethany has an answer in five seconds every question oh Ooh. i'm game because i just have to ask the questions so okay Be- uh, Be- bethany who are you i'm a two i'm a good friend so i okay. should go <laughs> yeah all right second question uh why are you you here so what's your purpose here where yeah. in my house House? Like overarching purpose. <laughs> oh gosh, I do not know. I'm here by some cruel trick of the universe. <laughs> okay. Oh <my> <laughs> well, just that kidding. could shed light on on the situation. <laughs> Might as well go. 
<laughs> so in the in the book I talk about, I frame purpose as flourishing. The biblical, like mm. a an ancient kind of Hebraic vision of flourishing. So what does it mean to live in right relationships with yourself and others? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's something like what would this contribute to the flourishing? In my midst, or would it diminish it? That would be another oh, way to definitely. frame that question. Oh, definitely. Everyone yeah. at that wedding would flourish if I were there. Well, there you go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and okay. then uh, the third question is, where am I going? So direction. Does this fit mm. in with where my life is okay, headed? I feel like if she answered I'm... that question, then we already know she's going to the wedding. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Let me answer it. Okay. I am going, hopefully I'm going towards a future where I don't get coronavirus. So yeah. Okay. That would be, so there, there's a, a risk point for not going. Yeah. There's a cost benefit analysis there. Yes. And uh, so then the next three questions are, are fairly different. So what am I doing? So to help me make this decision, like what type of actions or activities am I making that are helping me or hindering me from making this decision? Mm, hmm. Yes. Do I answer that now? Yeah, uh, I'm surveying yeah. all of my friends and asking them, what would you do? Yeah, sure, sure. And it's about 50-50. People, yeah, 50-50. Yeah. And then the next question would be, what am I feeling? So what are my emotions telling me about the situation? Oh, gosh. So I'm getting into the intelligence centers of the Enneagram with yeah, these Yeah, I know, and yeah. I should be most in tune with my feelings. My feelings are very torn. Like, sure. I want to go and I want to see my friends. And I miss going on trips and seeing people mm. who are of not course, yeah. like my tiny inner circle of people that I'm seeing in person right now. Um, but then also, I feel scared of sure. coronavirus, as I've said. So. Yeah. That's not helpful. Next. Well, okay. So then the next question <laughs> to round out the, the three intelligence center is, is what am I thinking? Hmm. So how am I employing my cognition, I, my I intelligence? I that a lot. <laughs> you ask what I'm thinking? What are you thinking? That's what I ask. I'm, yeah. it's, a, it's a bad joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you. Yeah. I'm thinking... I'm thinking a lot of things. I'm thinking like it would probably be fine. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's five seconds. <laughs> so yeah. how did, so, so what's the, uh, what's the, uh, what's the, um, how do you get the answer to the formula? What, how do you, what's the, what's the math? Well, we haven't How's done the all the questions <laughs> yet, Richard. So, and I'll give you, I'll serve up the final three in a row okay. here for you. Perfect. So it gets with, uh, it has to do with time. So what am I remembering? Like mm. what kind of memories in the past is this oh. decision recalling? Okay. Mm. What am I experiencing right now as I'm navigating oh, this decision? Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, looking ahead, what am I anticipating? Mm. Okay. I have answers. Okay. All right. I'm remembering. So this is a college friend. Yeah. Who's getting married and he's getting married in the town that we went to college. So I'm remembering all the memories with all my college friends who will be there. I'm experiencing pandemic that sucks a lot and everything sucks and is yeah. terrible right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to look back 
and be like, wow, that was so fun going to that wedding. So you're anticipating yourself there having a good time. Yeah. So in the words of of Kim Kardashian, can I live? (laughs) (laughs) When did she say that? She said that once. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, I know how she means it. (laughs) I feel that. Can I live? So so what this tells you, though, is that this isn't a formula, right? Because discernment never is. If it was a formula, we wouldn't need discernment. Um, I do think, which is an algorithm. It's kind of a bummer. (laughs) But what it, it does cause us to maybe bring our full selves to the table of the decision, right? Mm-hmm. And consider if we're making the decision from a healthy, integrated, and authentic place, right? So, mm-hmm. which each type struggles with in their own ways, right? Yeah. That's cool. Those are well, good I questions. I still don't know what I'm doing, but that's <laughs> given me a lot to but, think about. <laughs> okay, yeah. do me. I have one more. Uh, okay. I have one more that I want to do those questions with. All right, all right. All right, sometimes I can't decide. I, I like candy, and um, sometimes I can't <laughs> I decide too. whether to get like hot tamales or like the 7 Eleven knockoff hot tamales that come in a little baggy, but they taste kind of like red hots instead of hot uh-huh. tamales, but they have the, conte- <laughs> the texture of hot tamales. Okay. That, and they're slightly cheaper. So we don't need those questions. Because the only answer is you just buy the hot tamales because anything else is an abomination. Well, no, I but she really I really want some... to answer the question. I really want to do the question. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, all right, who are you? I'm a guy who loves hot tamales. Okay. You didn't say that's that you important. love you love the knockoff version. That's by the way. that's right, right there. Yeah. Uh, why are you here? To eat as much delicious candy as I can. <laughs> okay. We're getting somewhere pretty quickly, I think. Uh, well, okay, but we're... the but see, I can eat more if I get the <laughs> cheap knockoff. Sure, sure. Uh, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, okay. Where am I? Where am I going? Where to are you 7-11. going? Seven <laughs> Eleven. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, th- that makes sense. Then it gives you mm-hmm. the option to buy one or the other. Right. Okay. Uh, so that flows right into your activity. So what are you doing? I'm walking. You're yeah. walking there? Going on a walk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you feeling as you make this decision? You know, I'm feeling like it's a really nice day out today. Okay. Okay. That's good. And also, like, I'm good not going to be wanna... happy if I don't have candy yeah, on this you walk. Want, you want to treat yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm agonizing over this decision that I'm going to have to make. Um, And I'm thinking like, it's not like I'm a little kid with just a dollar to spend. You know what I mean? Right. right, I have a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically could buy the store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I have a budget that's (laughs) called fun money. And my wife goes, look at your budget around the 25th of every month. That's great. And I look at it, and it's like negative seventeen dollars. <laughs> so I have to be careful. And uh, you like to have fun, though. That's good. Yeah. All right. So what are you remembering as you walk to the store and try to make this decision? Ooh, 
I'm remembering hot tamales. <laughs> How good hot tamales oh. are? How good hot tamales are, yeah. <laughs> or I got yeah. no good answer on that one. It's hard. I don't know well, why, but I are can't. Are you remembering how good hot tamales are or how mediocre the other ones are? No, they're really go. great, though. They're just a different taste, you know? Oh, they're different. Okay, okay. okay. And what are you experiencing in the present moment? Anticipation. Okay. And well, that goes right to the next question then. What are you anticipating? Oh. <laughs> experience. An experience. Of what? No, I'm, uh, I, the, I'm anticipating like um, going to the store, buying the candy, whichever one it is, and just eating as much as I want. And no one can okay. stop me. Okay. <laughs> We all use our agency in different ways, I suppose. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Is that all the questions? That's those are the questions. I'm feeling like I'm feeling the knockoffs. To be totally honest. Well, there you go. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think, I think that's where I lived. You know what? It's I the, think happened. It it was the little rabbit trail down the budget. It was, yeah, like a fun I, money I budget, the, and how you yeah. you were you actually you didn't answer what you were remembering because you already stated it, but you were remembering your wife telling you that you need to check your fun <laughs> oh, money yeah. budget, That's and then right. you yeah. having the feeling of maybe I don't know guilt or shame, shame <laughs> that yeah. you like, had overspent. Oh, yeah. I spent all that money on video games that were on sale that I never play because I'm just buying more video play. games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I actually am literally sweating right now because I feel that I've accidentally exposed too much of myself. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm right there with you. Not video games, but like me and my friend were just we read through um, the gifts of imperfection. Yeah, and we oh, were yeah. talking through it together. And one of the things that Brene talks about is like things that we use to numb and she mentions shopping and we both were like, I mean, like, I'm not sure it's like a huge problem, but like, I can't stop. Ever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, Don't we all have our vices. Bad. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. not feel shame, Richard. Yeah. Thank you. Brene Thank would you. not want us to feel ashamed about that. She um, probably want but, us to stop, but not feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Drew, for our last segment, um, we we thought we'd do something a little bit timely, um, and and talk about what would each number get canceled for. Oh, um, what is what is the <laughs> one? Wow, <laughs> what is the one thing that each number would just like that would make people want to erase? each number from the internet okay um bethany you want to do, do one? one okay oh i have a good idea for this i've been watching the show the politician on netflix okay and it i'm in the second season and there's this well i don't need to explain the whole backstory i'll just tell you what it is um so a one would get canceled for like being a hypocrite in whatever thing they're like an activist mm, for. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes, that's so like good. the, the yeah. thing that made me think of it is that this 
person is like bringing someone on, they're running for office. They brought someone on who's like really passionate about like being totally anti-waste and like saving the environment. And they wanted the person who was running for office to actually do that, like take all of the steps to become anti-waste. And if they didn't, then they would expose them as a hypocrite and they would get canceled. So yeah, that's what I think a one would be canceled for. Good. Drew, uh, what about number two? What would uh, Bethany get canceled for? <laughs> oh, yep. Let's hear it, man. That <laughs> makes it personal, I suppose. It sure does. Um, <laughs> <the> idea. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind uh, is the book "When Helping Hurts." Are you familiar mm, with this? Yes, I am. So it, it it's about you know. Uh, an appropriate and healthy way for like Americans to actually engage in uh, developing countries through mm-hmm. nonprofits, NGOs, missions, that sort of thing, so that their help doesn't hurt. And I think that's maybe what twos could get canceled for is if their help is uh, while well-intentioned uh, maybe results in unintended consequences that are actually harmful mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's good Oof, i should reread that book all it's right threes um threes oh, are gonna get can- sorry uh <laughs> sorry drew but you are <laughs> going to be canceled because <laughs> you um you would if you had done this but you hadn't um I feel like I've got a few I want to say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, one obvious one I think is plagiarism. Um, sure. Mm. That's a big one I think for threes, because um, deception is such a thing. And then um, the other thing I think is is some like really tone deaf like virtue signaling type thing that gets gets it all wrong. Like tries to be real. Like tries to wade into race issues, but then like mm. really screws it up and like uh, demonstrates their lack of awareness or sure. even worse that they're really just doing it to look good and that somehow is bared out in an obvious yeah. way like For a Louis image. Giglio yeah. white white blessing yes the white blessing situation <laughs> oh, exactly that, was, that yeah. was so painful yeah that was he, and you know painful. when he was saying it, he thought he was saying like the best thing like the yeah. most yeah. brilliant insight and yeah. he just had to eat it. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just had to say, no, I was not right about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully he did, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Thankfully he did. But so he, but tough. he was close to getting canceled for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's uh, three. Uh, Bethany, what am I getting fours. canceled for? This is hard because I feel like fours always put all their stuff out there. They're like, mm. This is the worst parts of me here. Well, then that maybe Look that's how it. they get canceled. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think <laughs> I guess so. Can I give you my opinion? Yeah. Yeah. I think a dark joke gone bad. Oh. Mm. Like the yeah. uh lady who d- made the Africa AIDS joke and then got on a plane. <gasps> yes. Remember her? Oh my gosh. Feels Horror like a four situation to me. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Dark jokes. That could do it. Sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Drew, what about five? Ooh, fives. 
So I think fives could get canceled for <laughs> maybe uh, just dumping way too much information on someone. That um, how does that what? How does that work? <laughs> so they do that all the time, though, and they don't get exactly. Canceled. Well, maybe yeah, you're probably right. Or you know, maybe if they've been given an assignment and they they're they're just blowing past deadlines because they just don't feel quite ready to put whatever they're uh, working on, whatever project, presentation, report, whatever it is out there and to the mm-hmm. point where they're like, okay, we got to move on. Forget it. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. give it to someone else. Right. Um, or. Yeah, no, I'll stick with those. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, don't have a like, better one. I feel like a five would get canceled for not doing their research Mm. like not that they would do it like it would be rare for a five to not do their research but if they just completely like misrepresented some facts or statistics and you know like or i I kind of feel like a a five would get i kind of feel like the most likely genuine way for a five to get canceled like on the internet is if they are coming at an an emotional issue with rationality. Ooh, yeah. Oh, like a Ben or, Shapiro situation or something. Yes, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Or if they were duped in their research. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Which, which would be hard to do with a five, to be quite honest. But I'm sure yeah, it could happen. It would make them hate themselves. I feel like too. Oh, it, yeah. I'm sure it'd be awful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's All right, sad. Six. Is that me? Am I six? I think it's you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Six. Oh gosh. This um, is hard because sixes are careful. They, they are careful. They are like. They've already thought of all the possible ways that anything they say or do could be construed in a that's wrong right. way. Yeah. So. I maybe feel like the least maybe. likely to get canceled. Yeah, I think sixes are safe. <laughs> <laughs> sixes, you win the award for least likely to yeah. be canceled. <laughs> or I would say they're the most likely to be canceled for the right reasons, right? Like they they might say something, um, you know, justice oriented on the oh. internet that gets their church people all mad. I see something yeah. like that. Because when I when they do that. act and speak, it's it's tends to be from a pretty intuitive place right mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep and they and they don't back down like they're serious no. about it no because they've worked through the scenarios and they've chosen this one right yep mm-hmm. yeah yep that's good bethany seven. Oh gosh i feel like lots of ways <laughs> lots of ways i mean yeah just carelessness um I don't know. I'm not thinking of any. I'm just going to throw out nudity. I feel like (laughs) something involving nudity. Definitely. Definitely. uh, Sevens have this amazing ability to bring levity to situations that most of the time can be really helpful. It can be a release valve. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, a seven calibrates wrong, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they bring that levity and it just, it's not appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That the whole true. this is not a this is not funny, dude. Like this is not yeah. funny. Yeah. 
this yeah. is not funny. Why are you getting naked right now? This is not the right time. <laughs> the, not at funny my mom's funeral. The, the sevens are the, the, nude, the nudes of the Enneagram. To you. How did that? Never, never heard that before, but all right. Everybody yeah. knows that. I think it was Everyone Suzanne knows that. that. That's common knowledge. Okay. Queen yeah. Suzanne said that 70% of um, sevens. <laughs> Are just nude at inappropriate times. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drew eights. How how do eight get eights get canceled? Yeah. Well, I think eights. Uh, you know, if if they're all about protection and the way that they go about that is through kind of the best defense is a good offense. I think they can they can maybe pick a fight where there isn't one, right? Hmm. Mm. And I think that can be a challenge. So if they, if they go toe to toe with someone or something, and it it really isn't necessary, I think that that can get them in trouble. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think they could pick a fight with the, with the wrong person or misjudge the, the intensity of the situation and kind of regret their actions after the fact. Yeah. 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 Um, nine. Oh. Sorry, I was going to say one more. Just abusing their power. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that know, seems seems likely too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nines. I I think they get canceled for defending the wrong side. Ooh. Like oh. trying to see both sides. Sure. Good people on all on both sides. Situation. Mm, yeah, I think also. <sighs> doing or saying nothing Mm. in a situation Mm -hmm. you know like the Mm -hmm. your silence is deafening kind of yeah Yeah. rhetoric that people use yep when canceling people yeah i think that's true i could see that well this has been very encouraging Um, I hope every (laughs) number now feels like really excited about their future and potential. Uh, Yeah. I want you guys to know that um, we don't think any of you listening are going to be canceled for these things. Yeah. No way. And we're Um, only slightly afraid that we ourselves will get canceled for. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little more than slightly afraid. (laughs) Drew, thanks so much for doing this. It oh, was a roller coaster you. ride of a podcast, but <laughs> my goodness, those are it, my favorite kind. It's been a journey, that's for sure. This has been No Chill Enneagram. It is hosted and produced by me, Richard Clark, and Bethany Perkins. Theme music is 80s disco pop by Cinematic Alex. Our amazing logo and most of our awesome Instagram illustrations are by Matt Metcalf. If you're highly integrated, consider supporting our Patreon. You have the bandwidth, and we think you'll love all of our extra bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash nochillpodcast to join. If you're moderately integrated, hang in there. You got this. Just leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and then tell your friends about us so others can join you on your Enneagram journey. If you're not integrated at all, we're sorry. You're probably that way because of all the time you spend on social media. So just follow us on Instagram at No Chill Enneagram or Twitter at No Chill Enneapod.
This is an area code podcast.